0: Welcome to Mushroom Hour. Today on Mushroom Hour, we're joined by the fungal trifecta behind Umbo Medicinal Mushrooms, Rashad Evans, Jake Plummer, and Del Jolly. Rashad Evans is a former UFC light heavyweight champion who intimately understands the connection between mind and body and the importance of having both in sync. He credits mushrooms for that one-two punch of focus and energy in training and competition and in easing his transition from fighter back to daily life. Rashad is passionate about transforming sports nutrition and transforming access to education so others can have the same opportunities that he did. And Jake Plummer is a Pro Bowl NFL quarterback who spent 10 years in the league earning a reputation as a natural leader. He inspired his teammates to believe in themselves and in each other, personal excellence for the sake of the team. And this ethos is what drew him to natural medicine, eager to learn what mushrooms could do for each of us individually and then, how we could pool that collective power to help make a better world for all. Focused on shifting the cultural narrative, Del Jolly worked as part of Decriminalized Denver and Charlotte's Webb CBD before co founding Unlimited Sciences, a psychedelic research nonprofit partnered with the likes of Johns Hopkins University. He believes functional mushrooms have just as much, if not more, potential than psychedelics and is committed to exploring and unearthing everything he can. So coming to us across different time zones from Burning Man camps, Dell, Rashad, Jake, thank you so much for joining us on the Mushroom Hour. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having us. It, well, it's hard to know where to start because I'm so curious about each one of your stories and how you entered this mycelium world. So, you know, Rashad, if you can kick us off, what led you on this path to working with mushrooms? You know,
1: it was... Um towards the end of my career and, uh, you know, I kind of was fizzling and I was just emotionally speaking and just really not connected to the sport as I once was. And, um, you know, upon figuring out what I was going to do with the rest of my life, you know, I was kind of worried about some news that I got when I was trying to get my license in New York. And it said that I had a, uh, like a frontal lobe injury. Something came back on my MRI and just, you know, said that I may have some problems. So, um, as I neared retirement, I was kind of worried about it. You, you don't really think about the damage on your body by fighting because you just have that, that I can do anything mentality. But when you get news like that, you kind of get a little scared. And I kind of was worried about what the, the quality of my the rest of my life was going to look like. So I started to, you know, research some ways that I could naturally, you know, treat my brain and bring things back where I wouldn't over time start to deteriorate. And uh, that's when I ran into an interview between Joe Rogan and Paul Stamets. And he was talking about a stack that he uses with lion's mane, with psilocybin and niacin. And, um, you know, I started to experiment with it and I started to have some results within like a couple of weeks. And it was kind of weird because, you know, before I would notice that I would see an opening, but I wasn't able to capitalize on it because I just felt like I was, my timing was too slow. But then, after a while, like I felt like once I was doing the stack, I felt like I was, you know, getting my, my fast, you know, quick uh, twitch muscle back and the clarity in my mindset and even just a spiritual, you know, overall well-being just started to occur. And, uh, you know, I-, I knew what that was. You know, I knew it was the mushrooms. And I was like, this is there's something to this. So then after that, I started to dive a little bit deeper. And then Dale Jolly kind of took me on a journey and schooled me more about what functional mushrooms can do.
0: Yeah, well, Paul Stamets, I think, was the, the pie piper for Fungi for so many people, including myself, so uh, I'm not surprised to hear that he was involved in getting you tuned in. And then how about yourself, Jake? Because I know you've been in the news a lot recently. Everyone's sending me articles about Jake Plummer and a mushroom farm. Uh, so what what led you to Fungi?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting path. I mean, I grew up in a family, uh, you know, I guess back in the day when I went to school, you know, the story was told where I came from. Everybody called us hippies. To me, it was just my mom and dad and my relatives, and that's who we were. You know, we were fun-loving, free-living, happy people, you know, enjoying our time in in Idaho, Boise, Idaho, and then spending a lot of time in the mountains. And I was exposed to a lot of different, you know, different holistic approaches to health and even different medicines, not exposed to take myself, but just around when I was growing up. So luckily, I I, I learned right away to have an open mind when it comes to Certain things that may be deemed bad for you or called a drug that were actually medicinal for a lot of um, people that are near and dear to me. And so when I got out of the league, um, you know, playing 10 years in the NFL, then four years prior to that at ASU of high level football. You know, I I was pretty depleted and pretty beat up and mentally, physically, spiritually. You know, the game had taken its toll on me Um, towards the tail end of my career. I did use cannabis. But only after games, and that was so I could really drop in to being with my people, being with my family, and spending that little bit of time I had with them to drop in for Sunday night before they left Monday morning. So I knew there was there was you know goodness came out of that uh, medicine, not not all the propaganda that we were told and taught when I was growing up. And as I'm navigating that journey, I met you know Ryan Kingsbury and a couple of my teammates introduced me to Charlotte's Web, which was another Different level of hemp oils being a way to heal. So that led me into that to be an advocate and influencer and see that, you know, gosh, we can really change people's minds or at least make them think as former athletes when this stuff works for us and we're open to receive, uh, you know, we can share our story and people will listen and uh, help the plight of those mothers with the with children with, uh, you know, severe seizure disorders, you know, and help to get legalized. And so they wouldn't be criminalized. Um, and, 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 possibly being persecuted and ripped out of their homes because they're breaking the law. And I realized the power behind that to be a voice for the people that don't have that voice. And then Dale, I met there at Charlotte's Web. And then through that, Dale introduced me to Rashad. And the day he introduced me to Rashad is the first time I started taking mushroom tinctures. And that was pre-pandemic. And something about the mushroom tinctures, which I, I was a wasn't a huge fan of mushrooms, like as far as eating them all the time. I, I, I've used some for some remedies, Chinese medicine a couple times for, you know, to try to work on a sinus infection or a cold. Uh, but when I took these tinctures, I felt something different happen. I felt myself resting better, sleeping better, uh, reacting differently, more clear headed. My allergies went away. Uh, so I knew there was something in this beautiful queendom is what I call it that is, is working with our bodies, is working with us as humans. And uh, extremely grateful for Dale to, one, introduce me to our other guest, Rashad, who, who's become one of my, one of my homies and, and definitely is, is there for me like no one I've known before, you know, as far as building community post-career. But, yeah, Dale introduced mushrooms, and now we're here with the ability. Again, he, he brought to me the opportunity to have a mushroom farm, And uh, his friend was the one who bought the property that had it. And before long, I'm I'm farming mushrooms. We're doing extractions out there. We're working with Umbo to try to just, again, be a voice for the people that don't have it to understand there are better ways to approach your health and wellness or other ways you can look at it as it's helped me tremendously. I can attest to like the most positive effects they've had for me is, is inflammation. Uh, you know, my body, I got beat up. I'm not a big guy. And I played in a, in a sport where there are a lot of big guys. And so, you know, the inflammation that I used to feel in my joints is gone. I have areas that are, you know, injuries, injuries that were reoccurring that maybe will take a little longer to heal. But I'm working on that. And it's really opened me up, you know, physically, mentally and spiritually working with the, the fungi. And uh, I'm blessed by them. I love it.
0: I love both those stories. And I'm just struck by, you know, how fungi for both you guys have this kind of element of connection. And I think about how much our cultural narrative has shifted about, you know, cannabis, but also about fungi to where now, you know, is thinking that the highest level athletes are extremely high performing people could use these substances incredibly productively. And I know Dell, that's been a lot of your work is moving that cultural narrative. And I think we have a lot to be grateful for, for all you guys for getting this out in the mainstream. So it's not kind of strange for extreme athletes to be using these substances so Dell as the center of this mycelium web you know when did your path align with the fungi
3: yeah so I uh the first time I ever kind of was uh, introduced heavily to have mushrooms change my life um, I'd obviously I'd tried psilocybin when I was 18 you know and there was no intention no no guidance just hey here's a bag of mushrooms we're gonna try it And it wasn't hyper transformative. I don't really recall. There's some things that I won't even dive into that I feel like maybe helped set my path, but it was actually turkey hunting. And I saw a farmer walking through the woods and he was picking stuff off off the ground. He had a bag and uh, it ended up being a bag of morels. And then I, I, cause I talked to him and he's like, these are morel mushrooms. And then I started finding them and I got heavy into foraging and I really enjoyed foraging for morel mushrooms in particular. That's where I kind of started. But then my work with um, Charlotte's Web, you know, to be honest, I was not a fan of cannabis eight years ago. I thought, oh, you know, the typical narratives. I was actually a, a dare gold medalist winner of an essay, you know, like dare the old police program. And I bought the narrative and cannabis was, you know, the devil's lettuce and then it wasn't until I had, uh, uh, I was eating good food and gardening, and someone said, Man, you really kind of take that seriously. I had read Michael Pollan's book, The Omnivore's Dilemma, not How to Change Your Mind, but The Omnivore's Dilemma, thinking about food and food systems and how we approach food. And I was kind of getting on my high horse about food. I said, Man, you talk about food that way, but why don't you see medicine like cannabis in that same spirit as well, as far as growing your own and kind of taking it? But, okay. And then I, saw a documentary called the culture high and it totally shifted me like this is not cool to have you know the government come in and tell these parents that they can't give their kids uh the only thing that's working for their seizures or things of that nature i got connected with the realm of caring which is a nonprofit in colorado springs which started charlotte's web charlotte's mom page and my co-founder in unlimited sciences heather jackson they started the realm of caring because their children were having seizures I went down there. I met with them, and it rocked my world. I came back home that night, and I remember my kids weren't there for whatever reason. But when I came home, when they when they came in, they said, "Hey, Dad, how was your day?" And I just remember starting to cry because I was so grateful for their health, and I was so frustrated about the fact that these parents had to go through what they had to do just to you know keep their kids alive. And I remember crying, and I hadn't cried for you know quite some time. So I, I was like, "Wow, this is super empowering and moving." So I started volunteering there, and then I got a job with Charlotte's Webb. That's where I met Jake. And in that time, I just the cultural narrative that I'd been given and in my shift from understanding that cannabis is a real medicine, it's like, what else are we missing? And then I was invited to a um psychedelic ceremony, including five MeO, five methoxy, dimethyltryptamine with the you know toad medicine, and it shifted everything. I got back into uh, psilocybin and understanding how to approach that differently. And then I um, said, I've got to do whatever I can. And then I was um, volunteered as the outreach director for Decrem Denver with Kevin Matthews and and a crew of people who pushed that very first initiative off on May 7th, 2019 in that time period. I um, started Unlimited Sciences with my co-founder, Heather Jackson, working with Johns Hopkins on how people use psilocybin. And then in that, I started Umbo because I thought Umbo as corporate social responsibility. We could start a, a mushroom company that could give back to the science that we're trying to do at Unlimited Sciences because nonprofits in a stigmatized category like psychedelics, it's very difficult to raise money. So that's kind of what lifted off umbo got us back on uh, um into that category to again hopefully we'll give back to unlimited sciences as we as we progress as a company so that's why i started well
0: i'm extremely grateful that whatever spirit reached out for the plant and fungal medicine activated del jolly because he went all the way from devil's lettuce to like a leading figure in pushing this forward i mean just eight years that's insane, the amount you've been able to accomplish and the amount you've been able to connect. So when we're talking about mushrooms, all of your guys' stories include both experiences with psychedelics and experiences with mushrooms as medicinal. And you could argue they're all medicinal. All mushrooms are medicinal. All mushrooms are magical. Uh, But you know, just focusing on that functional or medicinal angle. So these are the non-psychoactive mushrooms. I'm really curious to hear from you, Jake, you know, what effect these have on your body. And the reason I ask this is I know there are many folks who think that it's sensationalized, uh, but then you hear stories from people who take these medicines consistently for a long period of time and have undeniable effects and changes to their health. Uh, But yourself and Rashad are two people who've kind of honed the human body to a level that most of us won't ever. So you may be more in tune to changes that happen. So when you take medicinal mushrooms specifically, what changes do you notice? What do you feel? Uh, you know, either as it pertains to athletics or otherwise. But yeah, what changes do you feel?
2: Yeah, you know that's that's really why I'm here, and and what you know is such a beautiful thing about the connection I made with Dell years ago that he, we kept in contact and now we have another opportunity. I say this a lot, like we have an opportunity to spread the word on, I called it the queendom earlier, an entire vast unexplored territory where we've already, you know, did a big thing for one plant, cannabis. You know, cannabis where THC, hemp, whatever it is, you know, the major league baseball just signed a deal and, and now it's more acceptable in athletics and i feel like i played a part in that and now having this opportunity again it it just goes back to like experientially i wouldn't be doing this if they didn't help me i'm not you know my nickname's the snake and some people can take that in a bad way like snake oils i remember people saying that about the hemp oil oh that's snake oil like yeah whatever i mean it's helping me so i wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't helping me And, and to go through you know when i've mentioned when i first got the tinctures from dell pre-pandemic it gave me a sense of when i started reading about them and and understanding this is long long time been given as medicine in eastern cultures and especially in china and i did had done acupuncture before you know my my mom bless her soul was like always about what you put in your body, be aware of how it makes you feel, you know, make sure you understand what it's going to do to you, not just now, but long-term. So I thank my mother for allowing me, you know, or teaching me that at a young age, but these have helped me. I mean, mental clarity, focus, focus is a tough one because I'm all, I'm kind of uh, not ADD, but I'm very, I'm very alert to everything going on around me. So sometimes if I'm trying to read a book and there's people talking You know, it's hard for me to not hear that. I'm very aware of my surroundings and and what I did and at the level I did it. Obviously, I was able to be in amongst 21 other guys and and functioning. So
1: Hmm.
2: I feel, though, that my memory is better. I think clearer. I can recall things better. My sleep is amazing. Like my dreams are I'm I'm dreaming in full color again. (laughs) And the crazy thing is I come across come across people. And I I, I have them in my dreams either after I see them or if I think about them, they show up in my dreams. And I don't know what this means, but in my conscious, subconscious sleep state that I'm in, I have nothing but to think that the lion's mane and what it's doing in my neuronal repair and growth and going into areas and and what we have yet to really prove with research is that lion's mane can do that. But I think that that's been one really blessing because I look forward to going to sleep. I'm actually like, all right. Time for bed. Where am I going tonight? Who am I going to see? What am I going to do? And it's always fun. So to me, that's awesome because I'm, you know, your dream. And when you sleep, it's important to get real good rest, and that's really what they've helped me do: rest and recovery. Um, along with I mentioned allergies, you know, the the reishi mm. is so amazing. The queen, you know, she, it's the mushroom of immortality, and I feel like the ganoderic acid in that mushroom has helped with seasonal allergies. With having a cat now that lives in the house, you know, just little things like that that I've noticed. And I mentioned earlier my inflammation. You know, I don't have painful joints. They don't ache and like throb and cause me pain. That's gone. I have issues with my low back and like my left toe. I jammed like probably 20 times. So, you know, I'm going to have some issues with that once in a while. But I'm like I said, I'm working through it. And what the mushrooms do for me is they give me the ability to take that take them, but also to believe in them. And then to also institute the plan inside my own body to say, I'm taking this to heal this, to help this, to make me feel better, to live longer, to continue to thrive, have vitality, longevity. And like, so that's what, that's what they've done for me. They've opened up my mind to know, like I'm in control of my health. I can make the right decisions. I can react to stress how I want because there's stress is never going away. I can either claim to have anxiety or just say some moments I get a little anxious. I'm learning how to handle that instead of, yeah, man, I've got anxiety. What can I do for my anxiety? And it's like approach. it's given me the ability to think differently and approach the, the societal prognosis and diagnosis we want to give people. It's allowed me to think about them in a whole different light. And like I mentioned my mom earlier, thank you, mom, for giving me the ability to think for myself, too, and mm-hmm. then be able to connect with like-minded individuals that foster that and create that and give me love and intention to be be better and to feel well and uh you know there's a lot of power in word and thought and then also in what what we're doing to to take as a supplement the medicinal mushrooms
0: well jake i think you're as spiritual and philosophical a dude as i thought you were and one of my questions (laughs) was how far into the mycelium web are you guys and it's like Okay. Jake and all of you, but Jake has clearly taken this on on a cellular level, talking about queendom (laughs) fungi and all these different kind of perspectives you get. I think that is a really powerful thing mushrooms can do is reshape our, our human narratives. But I love that answer because I think people again think it's a cop out when, you know, I tell them, Hey, take medicinal mushrooms and then tune in with your body and see how you feel. You know, do it often enough, consistently enough and long enough and then really check in and do that process. Uh, and so Rashad, as another person who's kind of pushed the human body to kind of physical extremes and is more in tune than most of us ever will be, you know, what have medicinal mushrooms, what do they do for you when you take them? What do you notice or what changes do you see?
1: Well, you know, um, from a standpoint, uh, my favorite are the turkey tail and the lion's mane. You know, I also use a cordyceps as well when I'm when I'm training, but it is, it allowed me to get back to training at a, at a rate that I don't feel like, you know, I, I should be able to do at this, you know, at this point in my life, you know, I'm 43 years old and I'm in there with, you know, 20 year olds and I'm, and I'm, and I'm keeping up, you know, not only that, you know, I, I'm dominating a lot of times, you know, just because I'm still able to just, you know, still fire on all cylinders and in the recovery time that I have is, is so much different. You know, I feel like my body has found a way to rebound and come back and after so many years of competing. At the level that I was competing at, you know, competing against some of the biggest names of the sport, you know, I felt as if like my body was starting to hit a decline and I was starting to, you know, succumb to a lot of the injuries that, you know, you you hear a lot of, you know, that you would expect after having a career like that. You know, I had two ACL surgeries, so I had a lot of inflammation in that knee and just throughout my whole entire body. Once I started to really clean things up and started to eat a different way, but, you know, implement the mushroom regimen. I noticed a total different change, and just you know, my my mental clarity was for one. Just my my overall well-being, you know, and, and that's the best way to put it for me because you know I I'm, I'm a person who you know runs my engine hot. You know, I'm always you know uh, going from here to there to there, and I'm I'm always everywhere and nowhere at the same time, and that can have like such a stressful you know impact on your body and being able to. You know, take some of these mushrooms with these adaptogens that kind of helped me to even myself out. And now I've, I've learned to, you know, find that stillness, find that peace and just kind of relax through a lot of situations. So it, it helps me so much. And it felt as if like it just kind of gave me a reboot on like another, you know, uh, rollback of 20 years in my life. So it's been it's been tremendous. You know, I, I thank mushrooms for giving me so much more more energy in my life than I had before.
0: Well, and you mentioned some of the all-stars and medicinal mushrooms, and I'm reminded of an herbalist I, I interviewed who said, you know, as you get older, if something can make you feel just normal, then that might be how you know it's working, that you feel dialed in, you feel normal, you don't necessarily have pain or anxiety. Uh, so yeah, I love that answer. And then the next obvious question then is, do you think that all athletes should be integrating mushrooms into their regimen i love how rashad pointed out that you know he's eating right he's kind of doing all these other things that i often argue i think mushrooms kind of push us to get a little more holistically put together and really take care of the self uh, but do you guys recommend then that athletes or maybe athletes are mentoring or athletes you know do you try to push them recommend them to integrate these medicinal mushrooms in their diet too
1: I do, especially for a lot of fighters who take impact, you know, like a lot of fighters that take impacts to their, their their head and just kind of, you know, that that kind of get knocked out. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things, because when when you're a fighter and you take a big blow or you've been knocked out, there's one thing of being able to come back to it and train. A lot of fighters think, oh, I can just train, you know, you know, be able to get back to where I was. But they don't realize that there was a lot of neurological damage done to it. You know, they don't realize that there's a whole neural process that kind of needs to reset itself in a way that doesn't reset itself in a way where it shuts off if it gets you know hit with that light pressure again you know that's why they say sometimes that button is pushed you know that button is pushed a lot of times when neurologically speaking you're not wired back the same way you know when you get hit just a little bit and next thing you know you're 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 knocked out and you're like, man, I, I took much harder blows before, and it's usually because the neurological circuitry wasn't set back up. You know, you didn't you didn't you didn't do any kind of rehab on the neck or anything to kind of treat the neurological body at all. You know, a lot of people really don't understand how important a neurological body is, but it's something that if you stay on it and you really kind of try to find a way to, you know, take things to kind of help out, you know, detox your body and keep it kind of clean, then it can go a long way. And um, with athletes, I tell them, you know. MMA guys, I'm like, yo, you need to get some of this in your diet because it helps with you know so many so many things you know from from the gut and everything. I mean, you know, a lot of fighters they cut weight and there's a lot of you know they they eat foods that don't necessarily go in line with themselves when they're off season and they have an unhealthy relationship with food. So you don't really feed the good bacteria, and there's a lot of things that comes along with that. You know, uh, your immune system. You know, seventy percent of your immunity comes from the cells within your stomach. So taking the right turkey tail and taking the right things that help your body build up in a healthy way. So then that way you're able to function at a higher level. So I, I preached to them a lot about it and uh, some of them listen, some of them listen. But even when you talk about the diet aspect, you know, it was it was mushrooms that kind of, you know, it, it told me that I need to start going to being a vegetarian
0: incredible and the amount of people I've talked to who the mushrooms are imparting lessons like if you listen they will tell you these other things that you need to do uh, and in a league that now like the first association people have is head injuries that Rashad's talking about Jake have you been preaching the gospel to NFL players that you know or mentoring that kind of thing
2: yeah I've been I've been talking to a lot of uh it's easier for me to to get into a lot of the former players right away so I go that route because there's no contradictions for any type of like well i got to check with the trainer make sure there's nothing that would be a positive test and you know the, the craziest thing <laughs> and i know you probably deal with this we all deal with this is when we're talking about mushrooms and i say i'm a mushroom farmer people like
0: are you tripping start out giggling
2: uh, can i get some of those like not tonight? like no it's like they're functional and they're actually gourmet and you know my crew at michael love farms they they kill it we're growing awesome a few enough gourmets that we can sell to a few restaurants and take some ourselves, but we're growing, you know, the, the reishi, the turkey tail, lion's mane and cordyceps. And when I tell these guys and I, and I try to introduce it to them, there's that first little bit of, yo man, I don't want to trip out and I don't know if they're going to be okay. So I'm working on that right now. We're working on ways to, as I'm even getting, getting, some athletes are reaching out through my my agent. There's some, I've had a few reach out to say, hey, I'm interested in this, what you're talking about. They're obviously seeing some of the stuff you saw, articles and some social media. And all, all of them, I mean, athletes especially, we we put our bodies through such an intense stress to do what we do, but we we do it. And we actually reach this highest level of functionality, which is higher than your common average person, which means we've not... We're not some superhuman special people. We've just learned how to tap into what is inherently, I believe, in everybody's DNA. Mm. So when you add, when you can get these mushrooms, when you can get to these athletes, as I've noticed, even though I'm not playing the game, I would love to have, have had these when I was playing the game for the ability to, as, as Rashad says, sometimes I, you're able to just drop in and just relax through a stressful situation, conscious of your breath conscious of how you're holding your shoulders or the way you're crossing your arms, that's a sign of resistance. I never try not to ever cross my arms again. And when I do it, I'm aware. And I think that's what they've done for me is they've raised awareness to how my body feels when, you know, we're here tonight, we want to eat some pizza. Hey, pizza is so good. I love it, but I might be a little foggy tomorrow and my body might hurt a little bit because pizza doesn't sit well with me, cheese and dairy, you know, I'm probably going to have gas and like, Mm -hmm. you got to be aware of that. And so athletes were so aware of our bodies. Uh, I'm excited for when the season is out because these guys will be more open to doing it when they're not in the middle of a season, trying to make a decision that, you know, they're not sure about. Uh, but I have had a ton of interest. I got, you know, a couple handfuls of, of key people that are using the product right now just to get them behind it. And, uh, I think that if the NFL were to do anything like they say they care about their their players, then they would they would de- you know donate 100 million right now to researching psychedelic mushrooms psilocybin, lion's mane, uh reishi, all of these mushrooms that are going to help their players come out of the game less damaged and and better prepared to face a longer life after the game.
0: Yeah, let's put the money where their mouth is. Let's make it the National Fungus League, the National Fungi
1: League. I
0: <laughs> I love. I love that idea. And Dell, in reading some of your introduction, you know, you said that you see functional mushrooms as maybe having a bigger impact than psychedelic mushrooms. And I pointed out how, like, in the mushroom community, you know, of different people who forage or you know scientists, etc there's kind of this hesitancy with medicinal mushrooms to say, hold on, this is not the panacea. So from your perspective as someone who's kind of seen all elements of plant and fungal medicine, both psychedelic and otherwise, and how deep you've gotten into this, you know, why do you feel like medicinal mushrooms are poised to make such a big impact when, like Jake said, all everyone wants to talk about is psychedelics. Why do you see medicinals as kind of an even bigger bigger deal?
3: Well, that's just it. You know, everybody sees psychedelics as the shiny object, you know, and everybody's trying to throw money on that because they see some sort of opportunity, which I, I'm a huge believer, right? I wouldn't do all the things I do if I don't believe in psilocybin in particular, but imagine if we put that same type of effort and spirit into lion's mane and herosinones and aranescence and what is in reishi? What can we do with ganodermic acid? What can we do with all these compounds inside this queendom that is so vast so incredibly vast that if we had that same type of fever to lift up what's going on there i believe that if we're talking about parkinson's disease we're talking about tremors or, or all, all the things that we are we tokyo you know the university of tokyo has already seen for cancer and whatnot we're going to put that same type of um spirit towards functional mushrooms. Because I kind of throw it into three three categories: gourmet, functional, and medicinal. And and you know, lion's mane can be all three, right? Lion's mane is a delicious gourmet mushroom. It's obviously a functional mushroom, and then and then therefore it's very medicinal. But as psilocybin continues to gain ground in the in the conversation of mainstream culture, I think that that will be uh, labeled as medicinal. But right. I digress. If we had the same type of excitement around the potential of lion's mane and look there's no barriers to entry right now all the people who want to get involved in psilocybin have fun dealing with the DEA and getting those licenses and 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 please do it I I want I encourage people to do that because the more people study in this the better and there's there there should be zero scarcity you know mindset inside mushrooms the pie is so incredibly large and we need more people coming to it we need the you know tenured people who've been at this for a long time to help usher in excited people like myself. Like I've I've only been involved in mushrooms on the daily for like four years. And for someone like Paul Samus, that's laughable, right? However, if you don't usher in the new young voices who are trying to, and and I'm saying younger than me, you know, let's get Jake's kids, my kids, hey, did you know that, you know, mushrooms could be used for bioremediation do you know they could be used for textiles do you know you could do all the potential there and we create that excitement that's why they the potential is just limitless Mm -hmm. but because i think the narrative around psychedelics has been what it is it's more exciting it's kind of fringe and people want to be cutting edge and they want to be the one who brings it to people and i I respect that and, and Hey, however, we could get the word out. And if psilocybin is going to usher in the awareness around more of these functional mushrooms in our daily culture, great. I'm all about it. But the potential I believe is uh, within these legal things. And and again, it's one mushroom. It's one, well, psilocybin is one tiny group of a vast thing. So what is, what are the mushrooms when you have like William Padilla Brown and Alan Rockefeller and these Wonderful people identifying brand new species every damn day it seems yeah. like what's the one they haven't found yet that is going to eradicate cancer what's the one that's going to eradicate whatever disease that is potentially gonna affect us it's out there I really believe that so that's why I kind of say that and I want to say say one more thing when we talk about diet and like thinking of mushrooms I don't think of like umbo in particular what I want to try to try to change the narrative around with umbo is like we're not dietary supplements. This is like vegetables. So what do these do for you? Well, what do vegetables do for you? You don't eat broccoli and go, oh my gosh, I feel the broccoli, you know, (laughs) or I'm going to eat this carrot so I could see better right now. No, but you continually eat it. And over time you're like, oh yeah. Hey, so I'm I'm trying to push a narrative of like, this is a food group. This isn't necessarily you could feel the effects immediately with, with some of these products for sure. But I want to change the, the narrative. Like this is an entire food group that we've been missing. And if you eat it long enough, just like salad, kale, spinach, all these things, eventually you're going to be like, damn, I, I just feel better. And like to your, your point there, like normalcy, like you're getting older, you're going to decline. So if you could kind of stay like this the whole time, that's a pretty solid, uh, win in my opinion,
0: man, you hit the nail on the head in so many different respects, just from my explorations, which like you are about four or five years. And, you know, I think it's maybe human nature to get a little territorial about these topics, whether it be psychedelia, whether it be mycology and mushrooms, and i always tell people look this is hundreds of millions of species potentially uh, potentially if you count microsporidians and organisms we're still discovering so it's never going to be just your thing there's not like some seclude. it's going to take all of humanity to start interacting and symbiosing with these organisms to kind of figure this out so yeah i'm jealous of Jake and Dell's kids. I'm jealous of the future mycologists in like 20 or 30 years. Think how much they're going to know. Uh, they're the ones who are really going to be pushing this, pushing this conversation forward, uh, and tapping into that unlimited potential. Because yeah, psilosophy, everyone's excited about that. That's just one genus and that's not the only genus that has psychedelic compounds. So man, bioprospecting wise, what else is out there? Uh, And, you know, something I was thinking about when it comes to psychedelics, I know we're kind of bouncing between the two, but outside the realm of functional, when it comes to psychedelic mushrooms, Jake, what kind of positive effects do you think that could have for like team sports? And maybe this is really far out there, but. You know, I think of some of the people that I've connected with most deeply in my life are people you've had a psychedelic experience with or who have just shared a psychedelic experience of the same substance and you instantly can click with that person and I'm not even someone who takes a lot of psychedelics but when you hear someone has it's kind of this weird cohesion that forms between you guys. So do you think do you think as these become more accepted And I mean, we brought up the specter of the DEA. So maybe, you know, that's not in the near future. But do you see that as something that wouldn't necessarily be a hindrance when it comes to team competitions? I know a lot of people say, oh, if you take psychedelic mushrooms. You couldn't play a sport. And I'm thinking, what if it makes you closer to the people around you?
2: You you'd said it. I mean, really, in, in a team sport, it's how much you love and care and trust the person next to you. I mean, the good teams all are coherent and together and they're in a tight community. At least the ones that I've been on, there's been love no matter what. There's been, you know, outreach. There's been uh, genuine feelings of, of I care about you coursing through the building. And I know that, like you said, I mean, in psychedelic ceremonies, whatever plant medicine or whatever, you know, nature – as medicine that you're taking, you're immediately connected to the people in the room, um, some more than others, but there's obviously a connection made with with everyone in the room, because we're all being vulnerable. And when you're vulnerable, you open yourself up to receive. And when you open yourself up to receive, you're in the midst of uh, other people doing the same thing. And, you know, they've been some of the most powerful moments of my life to be in ceremony. And I think Uh, you know, whether it is with psilocybin as treatment, as we're learning to, that it can be very good to treat depression, anxiety, PTSD, uh, addiction. It's so funny to think, you know, that we're, I don't know who mentioned this the other day, it was like that we're using a uh, schedule one listed drug to cure alcoholism. That's just widely accepted in our society. Like hey, Bud Light sponsors the game. Let's drink Bud Light after the game. And I think back to my career, I drank beer after all the games. And it's like, what would my body feel like now had I I chose a different way to unload the stress for, like I said, that little bit of time where I could feel normal again, where I could feel like I could drop in with my family, with my people, with my loved ones, and not worry about throwing the interception in the fourth quarter that lost the game that I'm going to have to hear about again from the media answer to it again by my coaches, look at my players and feel like I let them down. My teammates go out to practice, answer it again to the media that still wants to hang on to it and then go out there and like, maybe not play 100% in the moment. Cause I'm still worried about up again. If I throw another interception, what's going to happen? Like, you know, would I've been able to just let that all go and play to another level that I never was able to achieve. And I'm not saying that I would be on the medicine during the game <laughs> it would just be that the medicine would help me purge out what i needed to so i could be 100% in it for what i was being involved in and that's trying to win a, a super bowl or trying to do the best i can for my team so i think there are a lot of athletes going this route cuz they're realizing that there's there's a lot of stress involved and there's a lot riding on these games now as as betting is now legal And, you know, you're talking about people's paychecks now and that's when stuff can get real crazy. So there's a lot of stress on these athletes and they're just young and they don't really know the world yet. And they don't understand it as a normal human would where, you know, they take out the trash, balance a checkbook. A lot of these athletes, they just go through life. Everything's right there. And so they're in it. And if they were able to kind of see the beauty of what else is out there, um, some of them may not play the game; they may quit that moment. I would imagine some would say, "I'm out of here. This is not for me." But some may and in, in go into another level of excelling, which would be fun to see. You know, I always thought it'd be it'd be kind of fun to go back and actually take some medicine and go out and play a game and see what would happen. Like, mm-hmm. would I t- anticipate things differently because you know channels are opened up that you never knew were there uh, or you hadn't discovered yet, I guess. And uh, you know, the medicine. really has has led me to see that and understand, you know, like I said, these are high level functioning athletes, uh, world-class, the best in the world. You know, if they can go even further and, and if they can accomplish the NFL, what next is on their plate? You know, I did this 16 years ago. I played in the NFL. My real calling on earth, I feel is just starting to happen where I'm just realizing like that, that gave me the ability to have a voice that people would listen to. And thankfully I was, I I carry my career enough to have that respect and have that intrigue where people are like, I wonder what Jake's doing. I wonder what's going on. What's Jake up to now? And so this is again, a golden opportunity and a gift I feel to to be able to present this to people. And uh, if we can make a difference in the NFL with, with guys who come out of there with not a very good outlook on their future, you know, whether that's uh, arthritis, CTE. I mean, there's, there's nasty stats about, divorce, bankrupt and suicidal NFL athletes within the next, the first three years of being retired. And it's like, let's change that. Let's figure out a way to not have that be the story. Let's have uh, have these players come out of it and use their superhuman powers that they utilize to get to be the best in the world at being healthy. And let's just start there. Let's just start with being healthy and being able to continue to do and be active long into your life and not worry about if I'm 70 and if forget my keys and they tell me I got dementia. Like, let's make sure we're doing stuff now to prevent that, so that longe- longevity is the key here. And uh, we, if the NFL gets behind that, I would love it because you know I think we can make a big difference. And and when in the in America, a lot of people, you know, they go to church, uh, and church consists of their couch with nachos and beer, and they watch their players <laughs> play. And NFL has really become a huge part of our culture. And I think it can be used if it's, if it's, if it's in the right way, we can, it can be a conduit to bring this into those living rooms to help people that are like, God, damn, I I would like to feel better. I really would like to think clearer and sleep better. I'm going to give this a shot because right now my doctor's failing me.
0: Yeah. And when you point out those grim realities of life kind of post playing the sport or during playing the sport, it definitely sounds worth trying. And I would vote for Jake Plummer as the spokesperson of the National Fungi League (laughs) To partner with the National Football League and let's take this thing to the next level. And it was just funny when you were talking about taking psilocybin uh, during a game. You were like, I wonder if I go out and do that. First thing that popped in my head. I'm going to kick myself for forgetting the guy's name. That Pirates pitcher back in the '70s who took LSD and threw a perfect game. And he was like, I was just seeing the field differently. So as much as it's like, yeah, of course, don't take it during the game. Part of you wonders but maybe, maybe it'll make you better. Uh, And, you know, I can't think of anything more anxiety producing, honestly, than getting ready for like an individual sport in the way that UFC is. The preparation, the incredible lead up and build up and amount of time. So Rashad, in that kind of individual sport, how does psychedelic mushrooms, and it sounds like you've been kind of active after you had your experience with psychedelics, you've had a chance to kind of integrate these two worlds. How did those come together when it comes to training? Maybe it's just recovery from training. Uh, you know, the, that psychedelic experience, how does that mesh with this kind of crazy individual buildup and effort that leads to a fight?
1: Well, I, um, I've i uh, microdosed
0: through training camp, you know, for
1: practice, you know, like I'll, I'll microdose before I go to practice. And I'll tell you some of my best training because it, it's like being in the zone. And like when you're in a zone, you're, you're so present of mind that, that you don't have any thoughts outside of that present second. So you don't have a chance to be like, make a story about anything you're saying. And when you do that, you know, it's almost as if like everything slows down, everything slows down because you're just processing at a different kind of rate. And when I'm sparring, when I'm, when I'm microdosing before, you know, before I go and train, it's like I'm in a zone and I see everything. I see everything and I'm really calm and I'm relaxed and. You know, not only that, if I have like a really hard day of training, I'll take it like two grams, two and a half grams of mushrooms. And uh, the next day, my body feels brand new. I don't know what it is. I don't know how, how it happens, but it feels brand new. So those are some of the kind of ways that I utilize it when I'm in training camp, you know, and this is also in conjunction with the functional mushrooms as well, too. But I've been leaning on that a lot of times when I'm feeling sore. You know, and I know other athletes in the mixed martial arts field that use, you know, they use psilocybin quite regularly when they're trained as well, because it allows you to have that calmness, but at the same time, it does something to your body, like on a muscle endurance level, and just it allows you to push yourself at a different rate. And I don't know what it is, I don't know what what's the science behind it, but I've definitely felt the difference from using, you know, uh, microdosing while i'm training versus when i haven't you know it, it feels as if like um it feels like i'm like neo in the matrix sometimes like i can just see things differently and um it really calms me down as well too like i, I i'm very patient and i and i'm and i'm just you know very observant you know where whereas before i can easily get distracted you know there's times when i'm fighting and i'll and i'll hear somebody say something in the crowd and you know that would distract me and i would you know, maybe start think like, man, I was stupid. Or I even think about it longer than just, you know, a fraction of a second. And if you're, you know, thinking about anything except for what's happening in front of you, you may be two or three steps behind of what's going on in the octagon. So being present of mind is the most important thing. And when I use a functional mushrooms and a psilocybin in training, my mind is locked in.
0: I mean, this hits on so many levels of like integration post-fight, during the fight, during training. I mean, there's so many aspects to this. That makes so much sense. But one big question I had, uh, just because for a lot of people, that psychedelic experience, uh, I know for a lot of us that first, at least that first conscious one, not like 16 at a party and you don't know what's going on. But when you first like consciously take this medicine, one of the first things that shifts, I think for a lot of people is their perception, their idea of what is this culture? What is this rat race we're caught in? So does working with the psychedelic mushrooms I guess and or the functional mushrooms has that changed your relationship Rashad maybe with achievement or success and maybe that's just a personality thing maybe it's baked into you to like be at the top of the mountain but I know for some people that can kind of change how we see those things
1: no it it changed it a whole lot it changes to the point where you know I almost felt like I was I was disconnected with what was going on outside of me because I started to tune into myself so much on a different level. And, uh, you know, I went, I went through my period where I was just kind of like, what what, what am I doing? Like, what is this all for? Because one thing that the, the, the mushrooms have shown me is the fact that we, we pretend in life. We're a bunch of pretenders, you know, and for no good reason, but we just seem to pretend and we all are okay with just pretending. And it's the weirdest thing. Once you 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 just like you you see it, you know, you see it in yourself, and then you just like, man, it, it's just we we all decided to just play this game of pretend, and we're all acting as if like we're something that we truly are not underneath. And that's because we, we're so disconnected. We're so disconnected from ourselves, and that disconnection from ourselves, it, it kind of makes us and it puts us in a space where we're trying to be what we think people think that we are so we pretend you know and once i started to do the mushrooms i was like i don't want to pretend anymore i don't want to pretend for instagram i don't want to pretend you know for these interviews i don't i don't want to play that game anymore you know but then like you know after a while i kind of made peace with certain things and kind of understand that that I can still have my truth. I can still have what's important to me but then still, you know, tune into the 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 fakeness because it, it is it is what it is for right now. You know, we we live we live in a world where it's a voyeuristic world. You know, we're looking at everybody else seeing what everybody else got on their plate and we're trying to emulate that and we want that. You know, we're a little shot for you over it. You know, we have all these different emotions but it's all based on what other people have, you know, and it's like I, I I can tap into it just for, you know, like, okay, I get it because I can see it. And before when I couldn't see it, that's where the trouble would really lie because I would try to align myself with it, but just my spirit wouldn't go. Mm-hmm. But now if I choose to tap into it, I can choose to tap into it with a, with a mindset, okay, I'm gonna play pretend for a little bit, but I know what it is because the mushrooms tell you the truth. And, and when you feel the truth, the mushrooms, it, it's like, you know, you, you feel the truth, you know what I'm saying? Like truth can not be told to you. It's something that you feel. If I told you something that that's true, whether, you know, it's true or not, you feel it. Your are the hairs on your, your body stand up. You know, you hear the vibration of it and you recognize truth because in essence, that's what we all are. We're based in truth from the existence standpoint of
0: it, you know, from being. Mm. yeah.
3: <laughs> I wish he was here in this bean right that now. That <laughs> was the
0: spiritual bless up. And you know, I was gonna kick that question. Like, I think that's it. That is the truth. That is the answer. That is the experience we're all left with. And I love that you can realize, man, it adds whole new depth to the whole world of play. You can realize, hey, we're actors, I have to go out and do this, but then have that peace for your spirit and your mental health. To be able to shed all that when you go into you know your chambers when you're in your family when you're not an actor out on the stage, so wow, that's it. That's the thing, and I feel like you know when people get on this wavelength with mushrooms, everyone starts sounding like a spiritual guru because we come to these same <laughs> truths. So that was that was incredible. Well, uh, you know, another big question, uh, and Jake, I'll, I'll toss this over to you is how, and these are kind of interrelated because I think so much of the masculine persona in our kind of Western European culture is tied to like the solar dominator, like we achieve, we succeed for generations to come. That is kind of baked into our concept of masculinity, but has psychedelic experience, or again, just understanding this vast queendom, that might tell us all we need to know, the fact you keep calling it a queendom, uh, but how have these organisms change your relationship to what it is to be masculine? Cause you're kind of, when you're in the NFL, you're kind of an avatar of our concept of masculinity. So how have these things kind of shape what that, what that idea is of like, what's important when it comes to masculinity or, or being a man?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, Rashad, thanks for your last answer, man. That was pretty awesome. Um, you know, I think that, that to add on a little bit about Uh, you know, the, the connectivity that these mushrooms have created in my life to not only connect to others, but to connect to yourself and be really aware of not just all the good feelings, but also the bad ones and to be okay with that. And I've had multiple conversations with former teammates that, you know, they're, I know they're not in their essence and truth right now because they don't look like it for number one. And they're still in, in, you know, living in a past life that, you know, was long ago and it defines them still. And I mentioned to some of them about just crying as a man, just having tears and feeling emotions. And I mean, I'm not. they all like, I'm not going to do that. And that's the day I die. That's the day I cry. And they're like, There's no way. And it's like, ah, I think you're wrong. Come see me. <laughs> you know, like, 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 I'll, I won't judge you. And I think it gets back to that being in truth with yourself and not playing pretend and wondering, like, is it okay for me to tear up on this airplane because I just got a text from my, from my son or something or from, from somebody I care about and they made me feel so good. I just have tears. And so that's not taught to us being young boys and young men, and especially in the NFL and that culture of, you know, get up, stop being a wuss, you know, like there's no room for weakness because if you really look at it, there's someone coming to take your job. If you're not good enough anyway but man, I know that if these guys were able to tap into a little bit more of accepting, not only being strong in your masculinity, masculinity, but like, yeah, I'm a man and that's who, that's what I am. And I'm strong there. But to also embrace the feminine side that uh, as I come to find out, we all start as a female, as an embryo. And like, we all start with female and then we, we morph into becoming a male body or a, a, a masculine body. And, for me, you know, the, the the journeys I've been on and the the life that I'm living right now, I'm so thankful for being open to my senses. And that's what the mushrooms have really done is like my senses are so on it. My sense of smell, my sense of hearing, of seeing things, of touch, you know, just having a better sense of touch allows you to enjoy situations of pleasure without it being about the toxic masculinity of, yeah, like, like de- demoralizing, degrading women and sex and all of that. You can take and feel the wind, the breeze against your skin and go, oh, f- oh, that felt so good because your senses are back. Your feelings are back. You're back in touch with your emotions. And I know that I'm just learning this. So I'm no guru when it comes to emotional intelligence, but I know that my openness to learning, not only about that, but about mushrooms, about what's next for us to channel and, and be a conduit to bring to humanity. But I know that emotions are, are just something that we don't teach. A lot of people don't get taught how to be okay with your emotions. Like It's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to smash something. It's wrong when you hold that and you depress those feelings and then they bottle over into a bad habit or a bad addiction, or fly off the handle, and you find yourself locked up. Going, damn! I wish I'd have handled that earlier and cried once in a while, or felt those emotions. And so, I think that that toxic masculinity. I'm glad you brought that up. It's it's something that I'm just now. I've been talking about recently and and feeling into, and and it's about respecting, as I call the. You know, it's the kingdom of mushrooms, but I call it the queendom because I believe it's mother. And I believe that it's like in time way back, way back, there weren't very many things on earth, but there were mushrooms. And so I I feel like it's mother. It has some mothering qualities of always being there, of being solid. And I believe to respect it and to do it the right way and not trying to monopolize, capitalize or claim ownership of any of this, but just to share it and share it through experience. And that's really what i you know, I'm blessed to have that opportunity to come in to share my story and, and understand that, you know, there is a way to get over that masculinity and toxic masculinity. And that's to just be okay to be open to change.
0: Well, and it's no surprise for anyone who's worked with these organisms that both answers we got there are incredibly expansive. You know, it's not invalidating one way of being or invalidating this kind of weird play that we're all part of. It's expanding, broadening your perception to see that for what it is and just include it all. You know, I just had a great interview with Sophie Strand who wrote a book called The Flowering Wand that deals a lot with masculinity in different Western European myths and how much more an expansive picture is laid out there than just Hercules or, you know, the man swinging the sword. And yeah, I love that both of you guys have just expanded, not invalidated the old, but like let's expand and, and broaden this out. And I mean, to hear an NFL player and a UFC fighter, Dell, like this must be the cultural narrative work that you hoped would happen. Here it is.
2: Yeah,
3: absolutely. Masculinity is a really important thing to me because it's, um, I, I think there's a lot of ideas around what masculinity is and it, it's not what we think it is. in in my mind, I think that our culture is absolutely missing an initiation rite of passage for young men and women. Women absolutely get it with their, with their moon cycle. And my daughters um, have their mother to initiate that conversation and talk. And that is a rite of passage that all women will, and young girls will get to, to a degree. I think there could be more there, but men, boys, they don't have that in our culture. And I think that shows up in the way that we're seeing men show up these days where they're, they're angry, they're frustrated. They don't know. They've never been told, you once were a boy, and now we do this rite of passage, and now you are a man. They don't get that, and I think that that um, shows up in what we see, which, which is what we refer to as toxic, toxic masculinity. But with people like Jake and Rashad especially, I've always had such admiration when we talk about being together and when I hear Rashad talk and I hear Jake talk, and we're sitting here, and we're, and we're with you, like, I just want us all to be together in the same room, and talk, and cry, and love each other, and I've, I've spent a lot of time with Jake and Rashad in these deep moments that are so connective, and, and one in particular, I remember participating in a ceremony where, um, I'll call you out on it, Rashad, because it's just the way it was, but we're there crying together, just crying, and I remember our friend Jason, who's a, a as masculine as any man there is saying this is the new masculinity mm-hmm. this is what mm-hmm. the new masculinity look like where i could be vulnerable enough to cry with rashad i could cry with jake they could cry with me they get it off their chest we're all going through it we all have things that we want to cry about and no one has given men permission but i will tell you right now if rashad evans can cry if jake Plummer can cry and you want to question their masculinity that is a reflection of your inability for that right of passenger, that, that permission that you've never been granted to be say, Hey, it's okay to be vulnerable, man. It's okay to express what is making you frustrated. I, I am, I'm a very reactive person. I'm very passionate and to a fault. You know, I fly off the handle. I say things, Jake's laughing because he knows that I just, you know, and it's, it's a, it's, it's a problem that I have that I, Believe kind of stems from not having that kind of permission to express my emotions in in an appropriate way. So my son, when I had my first impactful psychedelic experience, I cried so hard for every single time I told him, stop crying. Mm. That shit hurt me so deep in my soul every time I knock it off. And so when I came back from that retreat, I, I embraced him and I loved him. And I said, I love you so much. If you ever feel any emotion, anger, sadness, joy, whatever it is, please express it with me. Be with me. Tell me how you're at, you know, where you're at, what you're feeling in that rite of passage. In my mind, I, I continually think, what am I going to do for my son who's 12 now to see that threshold? Is it a psychedelic journey? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, you know, it doesn't have to be that, you know, uh, maybe it's, giving him some coordinates and saying you by yourself hike up into the Zirkel wilderness of colorado some of the most rugged country where you're going to be safe but it's definitely potentials for danger find a geocache and maybe inside it there's a note that i wrote from him from my heart to tell mm. him how you are a man now you are a a powerful being and you need to bring this to the generation that comes after you need these initiation rights and then i'll be hiding in the woods and i'll come and Embrace them or whatever, but you know, like these, we'll cry together. You know, whatever, whatever it has to be. But um, masculinity is so important to embrace and to hold high into a new standard that I think people like Jake and Rashad are ushering in this new masculinity. So that was a question that you kind of hinted towards that. I I really appreciate and I love because uh, we need to change this. We need to toxic masculinity needs to go away. And I think we can shift that with the narrative of ritual and, and rite of passage and, you know, mushrooms have been psychedelics have been what has brought me to that awareness. Like, you know, we're missing, we're missing a lot. And a lot of indigenous cultures have rites of passage. That's why they're not having these angry outbursts that, that we're seeing uh, within their
2: cultures. I, I believe that's definitely part of it. So Great question. I I appreciate you asking. Respect the mama goddesses. Respect the mother.
0: Well, and I'm welling up hearing you guys talking about it and imagining my dad doing some kind of ritual like that. What a different world that we would live in. Uh so I, I'm happy to join that that crying circle. The new the new expanded masculinity uh where we're allowed to let all the emotions flow through you and still be able to put it into context and, and keep that broader keep that broader outlook. Well, you know, as we're talking about all these big, you know, almost philosophical, spiritual principles, I do want to make sure we touch on Umbo and what formed the company and how you guys came together. I mean, you guys are clearly like sages of our age. There's so much to connect on and talk about, but when did you guys make a decision to form this company and tell us about the ethos uh, and guiding principles and I'll let you guys decide who, who to kick that off.
3: Yeah, so um, my my psychedelic research nonprofit, Unlimited Sciences, that I'd mentioned, you know, kind of going through it pre-pandemic and trying to figure out how do we raise money for this, the research that we want to do. We've got so many great opportunities. And uh, to get funding, I say, you know what, I, I love functional mushrooms. I've seen corporate social responsibility in action with Charlotte's Web, giving back to the realm of caring. And I thought, you know what? If we could start a functional mushroom company to, to introduce new ideas around health, and I could lean into Jake and Rashad and their and their likeness and their connections and their ability to reach the masses in a way that a lot of mushroom companies just can't, just because you know they they we've got a unique platform, right? And so they've been gracious enough to be champions of helping push this forward in that way. And so when I reached out to Jake. Pre-pandemic, we went we went um, foraging with uh, Rose Namahunas and Pat Barry, and just he kind of fell in love with it big time. And said, "Man, we we need to do this." And Rashad is just game immediately, like, "Yeah, let's let's do this. This is a this is a cool cause." And so uh, hollered at them and said that I'd like to kind of see this come into place to change the narrative around how mushrooms are seen, maybe even necessarily for ath- athletes or high performers and then uh, give back to unlimited sciences. So that's kind of what it, what it birthed. But then it has absolutely snowballed for us for so many opportunities. Jake especially just – Jake went off the deep end with uh, his, his love of mushrooms and being a mushroom farm and Michael loved farms and all the, all the wonderful things he's doing to push it forward. So let him touch on uh, how it kind of came for him too as well. Yeah, I mean
2: the opportunity um, – it started, like I said, with, with advocating for hemp as a different way to heal – and, and the education behind that and how fun it was. And then, you know, to get emails back from people whose lives had changed tremendously, like emails were like, yeah, my mom, you know, she, she got up and went to the fridge yesterday. And then the next day she went to the mailbox and now we're walking around the block. And, you know, her life changed just because she was open to receive what I was being given as an opportunity to present to people. And so with, with fungi and the mushrooms, it's another opportunity again to just help people and make them think a little bit, uh, you're sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. You know, maybe it's time to look at different avenues and try them, not telling you this is what you need, but just to give yourself the opportunity to be open to that and, and seeing where one, where the cannabis industry has gone, you know, taking such a beautiful, beautiful plant and in some regards, uh, you know, bastardizing it or, not treating it with with the sacred respect it deserves and that's why i refer to it as a queendom is because it's like this is mother let's treat this like mom how would you treat your mom how are we going to benefit from the beauty of mom without mistreating her or or treating her in the wrong way or taking her debt to the wrong space in, in in time and and not honoring that that you know so for me it was a chance to get into this you know, this field and pretty much set the standard. I want to be, I, I, I thought having the best product that you could possibly put forth with the most ethical production and with the, the best loving intention behind it to heal and to feel better was what I wanted to do. And when Dell presented that opportunity, it was like, let's do this, you know, because when I realized it and started reading and diving into that rabbit hole, it was like, wow, there's really nothing out here, but potential. And that's not potential to go ahead and go and like capitalize. Of course, with capitalism, with capitalizing comes creativity. And that's where it's fun to be around these guys because we can get creative with that and we can give to good organizations and we can help more and more people. But just to be able to set that bar kind of high of like, Hey, this is what happens in this with this, this, you want to, you want to be impeccable with how you treat this organism because it's been here a long time. And so that's what's really exciting for me and, in the whole grand scheme of this thing with Umbo, I just want to be able to have product for the rest of my life and be able to send it to the people I love and take care of them. And whatever comes after that is gravy. Um, I know it helps me and I want to be able to help other people.
0: Well, you know, used to have something big there, which is where the mushrooms are sourced from. So don't give away anything proprietary. But in my understanding that the mushrooms Umbo uses, majority coming from Michael Love Farm. No, not right now. That's a okay.
2: small farm. It's more, that was an experiment. And at, okay. at Michael Love, there's, there's extractions going on with what's being grown out there. And we actually are a supply for some other companies, some, some uh, beverage companies, coffee companies. And uh, you know ultimately, that was the idea. But I realized yeah, you got to grow a lot of mushrooms. And right now, the size is not there. So maybe someday, but not right now.
0: Well then I'll flip the question to say this as someone who was a mushroom farmer, what did that bring in terms of your like analysis of suppliers when it comes to production processes, you know, what kind of different lens did that put on this because I think for a lot of people it's all about, you know, which company you can you trust and I would imagine having someone there as part of this triumvirate who has run a mushroom farm and deals with these organisms on that intimate level, how did that shape kind of how you pick where your mushrooms come from, how you process it.
2: Yeah, you know, I got really lucky. And speaking back to what's happened since mushrooms have come into my life is when you open up to receive, you know, the right people come into your life. I was blessed to have some friends that connected me with a, a guy named Shane Schoolman, who's our, I call him the chief wizard out at the farm. And, and what he does and what he brings to the table with his knowledge and his ever-expanding, like, Search for more is, is beautiful. So what happened for me was to be like in touch with the process and to be sure that what we were growing and what we were doing in that building was all about love and healing and good energy. That I believe that the sentient uh, abilities of the, the fungi and that organism, that they absorb that and they understand what is behind their growth and their production. And so that's where, you know, there's some huge, large, large scale mushroom companies out there doing a great job. But I believe that if there's more intent put behind each little substrate block that then, you know, you're not only growing what already is, is has healing powers, but if you can put the intention behind it, then, then those, those, those thoughts, those intentions, that stuff just multiplies. And so for me, it really was um and has been amazing to to have my hands in the dirt and have Rashad and Dale come out and do the same thing and you know there will be some michael love farm mushrooms in a t- in in something here for umbo soon it's just that we're new to this uh, we're trying to do it the right way and through the mycelial network to to spread what we're doing to to create and to teach and to educate more people about The wonders of fungi
0: you can't go wrong with those guiding principles and you know for Rashad I have a bunch of questions bubbling up but one is you know when you took these as a supplement you saw the amazing effects and you know you clearly are someone who's like committed to the truth and you want authenticity but how much did going to this deeper level of like starting a company going out to the farm how much did that deepen your relationship with fungi and then how does that translate and kind of what you expect to see when you guys make products and and give these to people
1: well it, it deepened my understanding for what these mushrooms really could do you know before i was you know receiving the benefits and now i'll be like wow that's pretty cool how this happened and i noticed different things going on with my physiology and just my mindset that I was like, you know, I knew it was due to the mushrooms, but really diving deep and really seeing where these mushrooms come from, how they grow, you know, all the different, you know, phytonutrients that come from it. And, you know, understanding that was something that to me was a pleasure to really understand and really to understand the history behind these mushrooms. And, you know, the Chinese, you know, traditional medicine has, you know, used it for thousands of years and, you know, Ayurveda as well. And really to start to dive deep and understand it from that perspective, it, it helped me gain a different respect for the mushrooms and really, you know, bring a different kind of hopefulness that, that I hope that we'll be able to bring, you know, to the Western world. You know, there's a lot of companies out here that, that's really, you know, given a good push for the mushroom space. But I feel like we can be another voice and we can tackle it in a different area. You know, because, you know, the the aspect that we come through, you know, me and Jake as well, you know, so a lot of people are still trying to understand what these mushrooms can do. I seen Shaquille O'Neal the other night at Bare Knuckle Boxing and the first thing he said to me was, man, tell me about these mushrooms you know, and, and, and he wanted to know about the mushrooms. So, you know, he's somebody who's starting to, you know, look in really good shape lately and really starting to take his health to his next level, you know, after his career. And he's wanting to know about mushrooms. So there's, there's a big need for it. And I feel as if like with the education part and with you kind of knocking down some of these stigmas, what mushrooms are and the difference between psychedelic and functional and how both of them can be so beneficial to the body and you know it it doesn't you don't necessarily only need to take one because you know they work on these systems and there's such a systematic approach with these mushrooms once they you once they get into your body so i feel like you know a really hopefulness that i know that there's a way that we can make a huge impact with our product and i feel like we're just getting off the ground with people understanding what we can do at Umbo and what Umbo truly is. But going to Jake's farm and seeing where the mushrooms, you know, how they grow, what they look like going through each and every single phase, getting the hands dirty, you know, germinating some. It was was a true pleasure, but it it just truly let me know, like, the mycelium kingdom is just, you know, the whole mushroom kingdom is, is something phenomenal, something of wonder. And I feel like a lot of people... Once they start to tap into it, once they get an idea of what it can truly do, it's going to change from the world.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll add to this, that when we gave Rashad some lion's mane and we cooked it up for him, that changed his life, too. Because yep. eating these mushrooms, too, is one way to just to people are so oh, I don't like mushrooms. I don't know how to, uh, But when you cook them the different varieties and you know how to cook them and then you change their minds, they're like, wow. I never knew mushrooms could taste this good. (laughs) Mushroom
0: taco. I always tell people that. They told me they don't like mushrooms. I say, you don't like the mushrooms you've had. There are a lot more to try, and that's a big thing. Christopher Hobbs is great herbalist into medicinal mushrooms always says is yeah this gourmet medicinal distinction will or gourmet and functional distinction will probably disappear as we realize that eating mushrooms is another amazing way to get those medicinal benefits because so many of the great compounds especially water soluble compounds are just complex sugars that are in the chitin in the skin in the mushroom in all mushrooms So eating them is also incredibly medicinal, but uh, I love Rashad's gift for saying, I think exactly what we all feel. And I think for so many people getting to touch and work with mushrooms that closely does suddenly like open up to a whole nother level that purely intellectualizing or reading it in a book uh, couldn't really do. So what is the current lineup of products then Dell and kind of how did you decide? I know we've heard that it's really early on that was something else I love Rashad said, like it's early and there's plenty of room and he wasn't trying to couch how you're going to like take over. There's room for everybody because everyone needs these mushrooms. Uh, but what are the products you guys are starting with and, and why?
3: Yeah, so we um, we have a, a functional mushroom bar, uh, two flavors. We have the original, we have a dairy free. And that in particular, I think is a, a fantastic way to introduce mushrooms to people because it tastes phenomenal. We... We started uh, exploring these bars maybe two years ago and um, I've been eating them almost daily since then. Matter of fact, here's, I mean, I know this is audio or whatnot, but here's my wrapper from the one I just ate before this (laughs) podcast. And you know, it's like, when I think about the bar set, it's like, you look at them and it's like, which one of these can I tolerate, right? It's not which one am I excited about and I'm going to crave or whatever. It's like, I'm on the go. I got to get something. Which one of these can I choke down? you know, our bars are really, really delicious. So we have two bars. I think that's a really good way to say, Hey, did you know you just ate two and a half grams of mushrooms? That's another thing. Really high dose, 500 milligrams of five different mushrooms in both the bars. Um, we also have our capsule, which again, with these guys being athletes, taking capsules, being aware of like, okay, I'm going to take something and I want to feel it. Right. And I, I talked about trying to change the narrative around feeling something immediately. But for instance, with our Rise formula, it's cordyceps, bio NM, and Prime, which is a rhodiola extract. That's something that you take a couple of those and, and you feel it. You know, it's kind of an immediate deal. Okay. Uh, Rest, kind of same thing. I promise you, you'll have crazy dreams. That's Reishi Lion's main and L-theanine. So there's that. And then we just launched a line of tinctures which um, are alcohol-free. It was really important to Rashad. When we first started taking tinctures a, a few years ago, the alcohol thing is something Rashad kind of brought up immediately, like, yeah, man, it's like, you know, it's good. And I know tinctures, like, for it to be a tincture, it's supposed to be an alcohol, so I'm, a, I'm aware of that. But starting your day with a shot in the mouth necessarily isn't like somewhere where people want to go. And, and we're also aware that, you know, taste is a big thing for people. And, and again, consistency over time equals results. So it's got to taste pretty good. So we've done, there's four individual mushrooms. We have lion's mane, turkey tail, reishi, and cordyceps. And then we also have an immunity blend, which is eight uh, various mushrooms, which uh, we feel will help with immunity. And again, it's like, Just eating these things consistently, making sure that you're kind of getting a daily dose of mushrooms. While you might not feel it immediately outside of the rise or rest, it's kind of a long-term play. Like I've noticed, my family's been sick. I've got three kids and my wife. The four of them have been sick on and off for like the last two months. It's actually been kind of a pain in the ass. And my youngest daughter, who's six, you know, sneaking in our bed at night. I the other night, I remember her just coughing directly in my face, you know, in the middle of the night, like waking up by getting caught, I'm like, Oh, shit, you know, but I've been lucky enough thus far to be the only one in the family. And I, and I talk a lot of crap to the fan, like, well, you guys could take the mushrooms. They're right there, you know? So uh, maybe I need to be a little bit more on about doing it. But so we're just starting, you know, and the, and the opportunity for, more products and more, uh, in-depth products is where we want to go, but, you know, we want to get stable first, you know, and, um, kind of have an offering. And again, I think the power of Umbo in particular is the conversations we have with like Jake and Rashad, you know, and Jake's putting out Michael Love tinctures, which are phenomenal. This is deep medicine in, in, in my opinion, and there's levels to this, right? And so, the pie is huge and i want everybody to come and play and i want it to be collaborative and so uh, we're getting started we'll see what's next but um, currently we're doing some really good things i think that I'm, i'm super excited about
0: well and it is important to think about taste think about how you're delivering you know whatever the medicine is because you want it to be able to integrate into people's lives if it's going to be effective um, like you said, it has to be consistent. It has to be taken a lot. Uh, I know people that live on energy bars. So yeah, I mean, some of those ideas are things that are the right vehicle really to deliver this and help people integrate it into their lives. So I think great choices there. And you just hit on my next question is what is the future plan for this mycelium trio? I mean, I, we can see the vision of where this is going, this triumvirate of fungi changing sports and culture, but, you know, maybe we go like really far out. You guys talked about other plans, other like organizations to form, or maybe just far out ideas with Umbo, but any, you know, future plans or ideas that you want to throw out there?
1: Well, I'll
3: just state that where Jake and I are right now, just because we think about community and mushrooms bringing people together. And so we've already hosted some stuff, some events like athletes, artists and activators on our packaging. It says, you know, as elite performers and it's like, well, who the hell is this Dell guy? Right. Well, everyone's an elite performer. Right. I'm an elite performer in the sense that I've done a lot of activist work someone might be an elite mom, right? Stay at home mom. Like my wife is a freaking elite performer and I dare anybody to second guess that, you know, so athletes, artists, and activators coming together. We want to highlight like people doing amazing, uh, amazing things. So community building is something that, you know, we're talking about a a supplement company, if you will, but what are the activations we do? And so Jake and I right now are in Arizona at a, um, the Walter Park Warehouse. This is like a Burning Man camp uh, vibe. Jake's going to throw a Super Bowl party that um, will try to get you some details. Maybe, maybe your audience could come and, and join us if they're in the Arizona area. But that's because we want to disrupt the status quo. Something like, I called Jake a while ago, yo, what is your goal with mushrooms? What do you want to do? And for me, my goal is like, I want to bring this to the masses. I want the most people to know, hey, I can take my health into my own hands. Jake was leaning very heavy on, I want to disrupt the status quo, right? So, Super Bowl parties mm. out here in Arizona, it's alcohol, bougie, this and that. And it's like, you know, kind of the same. And I don't want to speak for all the parties, but you kind of get the vibe, right? Here at this thing, I, like we just want to disrupt everybody and make them leave and go. Like, what the hell was that? That was so cool. That was so fun. There was health and wellness activations. There was aerial artists. There was fire breathers. There's mushroom people floating around. Like we we want to do it up. And so, in my mind, the food and and all this is going to be to benefit nonprofits. Whether it's in the area, whether it's uh, the native indigenous people who used to run this land. the the art uh, folks who are here, or obviously unlimited sciences. So in my mind, products, yes, there's a lot of activations there. But what excites me is bringing the community together and changing as many people's minds as we can. So that's, uh, that's where my hope for some of the future is. So yeah,
2: I I think that along with that goes just education and letting people know, uh, the more the more it gets out there, the more podcasts like what you're doing and a listener hears this in a different light and goes, "Huh," and reaches out or checks into it. It's you know a slow trickle for a while, but then once more and more people are doing it, and like you said, there's room for more people to come in and bring that that uh, the right integrity and truth and and the right intention behind this. There's a lot of room to heal, and so for me, it's just continuing to to, to reach the people that are have the ears open to hear what we're trying to put forth. And uh not everybody wants to listen. You know, I've come up against a few people that are just like, yeah, that's crazy. You, there's nothing there. And you're just wild. And you're making this all up. I'm like, all right, well, peace, love and mushrooms. I'll see you <laughs> down the road. When you hear from your doctor, that this is the route to go. And you go, Oh gosh, I should have done that a long time ago, but we're just here to educate, to share and be channels of this knowledge that we've gained. And, uh, For us, I don't. I can't say what's exactly next. We're doing some exciting things. We're going to be at some exciting events in the future, but we really don't know what's next. That's the fun part about this: is we're on this like mycelial trail, connecting, meeting people, spreading, sharing, learning, and uh, where it goes next. I'm excited to find out.
1: Yeah, you know, um, to piggyback off what they're saying, you know, I don't know where it's going to go next, but I know where it may and what I hope it ends off at. And me and Dale have a thing where we say that we want to sit in ceremony for the rest of our life, and that's one of the biggest reasons why we even decided to go down this path of just figuring out a way that we'd be able to just sit in ceremony. Now, sitting in ceremony is is, is for me one of the the best places like I, I whether I'm doing the medicine or whether I'm just sitting around, you know being part, being a facilitator, helping out with the medicine. I always get medicine from being in those circles because when you sit down with the people and you hear what people are going through and no matter what their intent is, you know, you can feel those words because they're almost speaking your life with their words, with with, with their intentions and what they wanna what they wanna fix. And when they come out on the other side of that experience. You got something, you know. You, you you hear how they face it, and it gives you a little, you know. It gives you a little hope. It gives you a little, you know, something to tune into, or maybe something to reflect on when you're going through like problems. So, you know, that's what I want. You know, I want to be able to sit in ceremony with these guys and be like, "Yo, this is it. Every day we can sit in ceremony. Every day we can be here and, and truly tune into what's really important." Because I I, I tune back in, and I had to go back and 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 into the matrix. I say just because I I, I wasn't done yet. There's still more for me to do, but I feel like the next time I can just kind of tune out and just, you know, fade off into just the rest of my life. You know, I I can truly just give in and just really sit somewhere and meditate all day and not worry about what's going on or just kind of dive deep in myself like I like to do. You know, my friends will tell you whenever they see me, I always find 10 to 15 minutes where I can just sit in the sun and just close my eyes and just feel it. And that's what I really like to do, you know?
3: That's what we we say all the time when we're doing things. Oh, where's Rashad? Oh, he's outside charging, because he's always (laughs) looking at the sun charging up.
0: That's the best part, is when that experience eventually just doesn't even require psychedelics to be involved. You're just on that wavelength in your default kind of mode, resting consciousness. So the last question, you know, Rashad, in reading your bio and your information, education like we've been talking about access to these things that have given so much to you and that could be psychedelics and functional mushrooms I mean what do you think that we can do to keep these things accessible especially for people in underserved communities who maybe could use these different medicines the most uh, I'm really curious to hear if you have any ideas about that
1: you know I I speak to people about it as much as I can and I figure out you know I figure that that's the the basic the most that we can do. You know, it's very basic and, and it's very general, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it's what works. You know, people people like to hear testimonies because people want to feel better. And when I start mm. to talk about the things that the mushrooms can do, when I start talking about what turkey tail does for me and 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 how it helps me, people are like, yo, I I, I want to try that. You know, they, they they just need to know, you know, because people generally want to feel better. And I feel like what we've been through with the last few years is kind of shaking the whole confidence and the whole allopathy model of medical treatment you know so i feel like right now is fertile ground for for really uh you know for homopathy to take place and for people to really understand that you know healing can come from natural places it can come from these things that we've overlooked overlooked for so long and it's just a matter of just you know education and as far as like you know for the community you know for for the black community and people of color in general you know, it, it's basically just kind of shaking off a lot of the things that we kind of associated, you know, with for so long that lead to bad health. You know, some of the, the eating habits that we have and just really educating them and trying to, you know, let them show that, you know, there there's other ways that we can eat. You know, uh, Dr. Sabi did a really good job of, you know, landing groundwork and, and really starting to educate uh, people of color, of, you know, just eating with a more conscious mindset. And I feel like now. We're moving into more more conscious behavior and, and it's a perfect time to really start to interject you know conversations about you know what functional mushrooms can do and, and people are very interested you know like i was saying uh you know shaq was asking me about it so there, there's a lot of people who are just interested and just capitalizing off that interest and really telling the interesting compelling story people like stories and they feel drawn into it and when you tell a story that's very relatable. It gets people to draw in and it gets people to kind of connect the dots for themselves. And that's where the true growth is, because I can tell you anything. But unless I say something that makes you say, you know what, let me look that up. You don't truly learn and you don't really truly come to a truth of understanding for yourself. And I feel like that's the key to really driving this conversation
0: is intriguing people enough so that they do their own research to want to learn more. And that really is the answer. The way I frame that question is like, how do we force people to get into this thing that we know helps so much? Mm-hmm. And you're saying, no, to keep it accessible, get them interested, share the information. They'll do the rest. They'll get their hands on it once you tell them what it can do and show them what it can do. Mm-hmm. Well, then I'll just go into the three final questions that I like to ask all my guests. And because I've got three of you who are insightful and elucidate insights, we'll say we'll make them kind of quick hits, uh, and the first question is often one of the hardest, and that is a mushroom or fungus that you love and why? And this does not have the burden of being a favorite, just a mushroom you're thinking of, that you really love, maybe it's just love taking pictures, eating, foraging, and why? Del, why don't you kick us off?
3: The next one. That's what it is. And my answer is the next Ooh, great answer. <laughs> the, the, Chanterelle's right now. When I was uh, bow hunting in Telluride, Colorado, outside of Telluride, uh, I was spending half my time looking sh- for chanterelles and I I found some and I, chanterelles today. Tomorrow, I got a new answer.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, whatever one I come across on the next adventure into a forest or on a walk is always my favorite one. But I love, I really love reishi and all it's provided for me. Uh, I just feel mushroom of longevity. I want to live a long time. I want to know my great grandchildren well. So reishi to me is really, my go-to. I f- It's helped me in so many ways. And then, you know, any of them that I get to eat, I love that more restaurants are carrying more mushroom items because people are asking for it. And that's really the, that's fun. When you don't like to eat meat, you don't want to always have to be eat meat or choose a, a salad. It's fun to have
1: some options. So I do love the gourmets, whatever they are. Yeah. For me, it's Lion's Mane. You know, ever since I had some of the Lion's Mane from Jake's Farm, it's really just kind of, you know uh left something on my palate and and it's something that i crave you know i really crave the 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 lion's mane because it's something that you can dress up to be anything i know you can do that about mushrooms but just the way that this one tastes it has such a a savory taste not like any of the other mushrooms and uh you know when when it comes to you know mixing it up and putting it on different things that i used to like when i used to eat meat it, it does a trick for me and and the benefits that lion's mane does you know it, it just speaks for itself. Um, so lion's mane for me.
0: You know, it's funny, lion's mane is one of the first ones I recommend to people. If they tell me they don't like mushrooms, I'm like, try lion's mane and you will probably be converted, you know, and then a big, broad question. And we've talked about it really the whole time. But if we can kind of summarize into a potent insight, uh, Rashad, what has this relationship with fungal organisms given to you? And that can just be some kind of insight, appreciation. What has this relationship given to you? It's giving me back the
1: connection with myself. And through getting a connection with myself, I've gotten a connection with everything else around me, including people. You know, I felt as if like I was living a life where I was just so outwardly focused that I really couldn't feel anything, you know, and I would, you know, have different behaviors just trying to feel something. And, um, once I was able to tap back into myself, I I realized that how connected I was to everything and everyone around me. So it's given me a connection with everything and everyone around me that I didn't even know was even possible. I used to only read in books and think, Oh, that's just some foo foo stuff that you got to be a guru to understand. But I truly understand it now.
2: Yeah. I I would, I'd say it's just been a gift, one of the greatest gifts ever to have. Um, like we touched on the, the the expansiveness of this queendom and what's still out there that, you know, when my son Winston comes up and says, Dad, I'm going to find the mushroom that cures COVID and we're foraging. And it's like it's that that goes, wow, what a gift. What a true gift that we've been given here and and, and awakened to that's right in front of us everywhere we're at, like I just breathed in spores. We don't even know it, but they're everywhere. And so it's just a gift. It's a gift to, to, to be able to expand your knowledge however far you want to go. You want to learn all the Latin binomials. You want to do all that. That's great. If you just want to know which ones you like to cook and eat or the ones that help you function, what a two gift it is. So for me, it's just been a gift to be exposed to, to this wealth of, of expansive knowledge that's out there. And however much I can learn while I'm here, I'm, I'm open.
3: Yeah, and I'd say mushrooms have just kind of given me hope, right? Just mm-hmm. the hope that there, there's some <laughs> better ways that can be gifted to us. And as we continue to dive in, it's, it's good. And to kind of Rashad's point, that hope is stemming from just a deeper connection to myself and to others. And it's the reading and reading comprehension where it's given me a comprehension, right? I, I used to be able to read big words, but I didn't comprehend what they meant. But now with mushrooms i could comprehend those giant words right uh so there's a lot of hope in mushrooms and it's a very good gift
0: i love that you made me think of contextualizing our reality Uh, so much of it does does help with that and the last question uh, you know i used to ask people what they want the future to look like as we move with mushrooms but I think you guys have already given us that vision. So I'll just wrap up with something kind of fun and personal. And that's, you know, any books or media that you've been influenced or inspired by recently. This can be YouTube holes. This can be great books. Uh, Del, why don't you kick us off?
3: Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to my friend, Danielle from Four Sigmatic, who just wrote Healing Adaptogens with uh, Tarot. That book is very, very interesting. I'm a pretty simple guy, so I can only read a. About four pages before I start looking at the ceiling or whatnot, uh, but Danielle's new book, Healing Adaptogens, is a, is a pretty fun, uh, good introductory book around mushrooms and other adaptogens. I,
2: I read uh, a while ago, Food of the Gods, and I'm back on it because it was so high level that I'm going to see if anything else has been taught to me through the through the mushrooms or through my just journey so far. And I believe that's a book you can read a hundred times and still learn something new each time. And so that's one. And then uh, I just watched Gratitude Revealed, Mm -hmm. Louis Schwartzberg's, you know, documentary on gratitude. And that was it was beautiful. I mean, the words, the people, the imagery was just like, wow, just we live in just we live on heaven on earth. And so, yeah, those are a couple that I've just enjoyed
0: lately. And then what about you, Rashad?
1: Yeah, so I I was—I'm reading um, healing adaptogen as well too, but you know, um, I'm really into the qigong. I'm really into the qigong, and this book that I'm reading right now is Way of the Qigong, and uh, uh, ways to harvest your qi and ways to really build your qi up through meditation and just through, you know, um, through tai chi and different movements. So uh, that's that's what I'm into right now.
0: All rich stuff for everyone to dive into. And let me just say, it's been such a pleasure to have you guys on, and for me. To see, you know, when I was kind of at one level of consciousness as my younger self, to see these two kind of archetypes that I grew up with, Jake Plummer and Rashad Evans now have their own past and they've arrived at mushrooms like I have. That's some kind of crazy validation or synchronicity. So I'm just so grateful to have you guys on and Dell for putting it together. Uh, so inspiring to see what you've been able to do, kind of the courage and power that you exhibit to kind of bring everyone into the fold so yeah just thank you guys for all the great work you're doing and for coming on the mushroom hour it's been a pleasure
2: yeah hey thank you keep up the good work yourself it's awesome
1: yeah thank you i appreciate it man you're phenomenal and i and i love that intro man i need to get that intro i need to record you doing the intro for me man that intro that you gave me was fire i was like it was it was pretty good man And, and i thank you for that